to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Ollie. And I'm Liam. And for those that don't know, or if we've got any new listeners, each episode we take a topic that we know very little about, and we give ourselves just a week to read and research all about it. The idea being that we do the hard work, and then we share what we feel are the most important pieces of information with you, the listeners. That is right. We are not experts in anything that we talk about on the pod. This is just a summary of our findings. Hopefully, by sharing some knowledge with you, we can all learn a little bit more about a whole lot of things. Yep, that's exactly right, Ollie. So, let's get on with this week's topic, which is the book, Eat That Frog. Liam, this week we're on to doing a book. So from time to time, as our listeners will know, we'll also throw in a book there, one that we think maybe can help with just a little bit of personal development or or self-learning. And this week, the topic is Eat That Frog by Brian Tracy. Do you know anything about this? Right. Here's what I know about this. You mentioned this book ages ago. We nearly did it first, like two series ago. So I've known about what the theory behind eating a frog is because I've told you from time to time, you know, I've gone into work and I've got to, got to eat that frog, got to eat that frog. Yeah. So yeah, I sort of know the theory behind eating a frog, which we'll mention in a minute, but no, I hadn't read it. It's not a very long book, is it? It's, um, no. it's, it's, well, it's really short. In fact, well, my version was even shorter than yours. <laughs> <laughs> you might have read a slightly different version because there are a few different versions, but the one we're covering is the one that's, it's an international bestseller sold more than 1.6 million copies around the world and it's got a subtitle of 21 great ways to stop procrastinating and to get more done in less time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's to do with time management, isn't it, really, this book? The last book we did was The Dip, which was all about you know the pressure of failure and working through the difficulties in anything that you're doing. Um, and then the first book we did was all about being mentally strong wasn't it so we think this sort of fits nicely within those within those sorts of books don't we yeah yeah absolutely and just so everyone knows just a little bit about brian tracy so the chap who has written it he's one of the world's top business speakers so he works all around the world he's a bit of a motivational speaker he's worked with thousands of companies spoken and and i guess lectured in front of five million people he often talks to, to large groups of people about how they can maybe you know, improve themselves or, or get more out of their lives. He's a best-selling author and he's written 80 books. Yeah, he, his theory or his message that he, he lives by is that um, he says, I believe through learning and the application of what you have learned, you can solve any problem, overcome any obstacle and achieve any goal that you set yourself. Nice. I think it's pretty cool. He's all, he's all about like continually improving, isn't he? Yes. Um, yeah, absolutely. And so today we're going to be focusing, as we said, it's how you stop procrastinating and then you can get more done in less time. And so if you were to maybe like summarize the book, Liam, into three points, like how would you maybe do that? Well, the the theory about the frog, the frog, it comes from a Mark Twain quote, this, this eating a frog. And his quote is, if it's your job to eat a frog, it's best to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's your job to eat two frogs, it's best to eat the biggest one. This book's all about if you've got to eat, if you actually have to eat a frog, get on with it. 
right, isn't it? Essentially, like, <laughs> you know, it will do you no good looking at it. If it's got to get eaten, crack on with eating it. Um, and, and the point sort of being that, that this frog is the thing that you don't want to do, isn't it? Yeah. It, yep. It's the thing that is is sort of you've got your to-do list and it's that one that you, you just work around. Yep, you put it off doing it and you manage to procrastinate and you manage to, to find other things that you want to do first. So yeah, as Liam was just saying there, your frog is your biggest, most important task. If you have two frogs, you eat the ugliest, pussiest, most disgusting looking frog first. And if you have to eat a frog, just get on and do it. Yeah, I, I I then found a piece about like, how do you spot a frog? Like, which one is your frog? And now most of the time you're going to know, aren't you? Like, this is the thing yeah. I don't want to do. But you can generally break your ta- things you've got to do down into four things. So they are the thing that you don't want to do that you need to do, the thing that you do want to do that you need to do, the thing that you want to do that you don't need to do, and the thing that you don't want to do that you don't need to do. So hopefully you've followed that. Your frog is the one that you don't want to do, but that you need to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the one that, like, I don't really want to do this, but it's got to get done. That's your frog. Get on with it. Absolutely. And so throughout the book, that's exactly what Brian tries to help everybody with by giving them ideas about how they can do this. And he's saying that the reasons for doing this is that it will just help you improve. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll see your performance improve, your productivity will go up. And if you start getting into the habit of tackling this way of working then you'll see great results from it i'd read i read it somewhere in there facing the most important and biggest task of the day first thing in the morning means that you'll tackle it with a clearer mind probably in a quiet office and while your willpower is at its strongest this is the optimal setting to work on things that you don't want to so basically get on with it and uh yeah like eat the frog is 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 what it is like there we go that's the book done done get out there and eat that frog Some other tips that he has about doing this is saying that you need to think on paper, which we'll come on to what that means about work from a list and be really clear about what it is that's on your list and what you need to do. And then he also gives you some tips on choosing what's important, what's unimportant for you to then determine how you'll then be successful in your life and in work. So shall we crack on then, Liam, and actually get to where he starts the book? And he starts with something called setting the table, doesn't he? Yeah, which is essentially a to-do list, isn't it? It's like just getting getting your ideas and your thoughts and the things you've got to do down on a piece of paper. I think you've got the same. There's so many quotes I've written. Like, because it's a book, I, I just quoted it. So, you know, I'll actually say things from the book. But he says, every morning when you begin, take action on the most important task you can accomplish to achieve the most important goal at that moment. And it's all about, yeah, writing stuff down on paper so that it's, you're ready to go, right? Yeah, exactly. And he, he throws in a lot of quotes and, and numbers throughout the book. Doesn't always back them up, I don't think. It's just almost like thrown in there. But one of the ones that is there early on, it says 3% of adults have clear written down goals. And he's saying that those people, they manage to accomplish five to 10 times as much as the people who don't have written down goals, even though they're of a similar education and ability. So he's basically saying that if you're writing things down, in the first place, then you'll be in a much better, much, much better frame of mind of getting stuff done. His his whole setting the table as well is just being clear about determining what is it that you want to achieve and being really clear in your mind that if this is something that I'm working towards, what is it then needs to go down on my list to then help me get edged in closer towards what that 
end goal is in mind. He he actually says about creating like numerous lists, doesn't he? Did you read it? Yeah. Like, well, you did because you read the same, but he, he calls it a master list. So this is like long term um, and then a, a monthly list. So what do you need to get towards this master list? But then he calls it a weekly list. What do you, you know, like breaking the, the task down into smaller, manageable chunks of tasks that so that you can achieve the thing that you want to do. Yeah. But but essentially, number one is getting it down on on a piece of paper and not up in your head. Actually, really writing it down somewhere, really visual, so that it's it's you know right in the front of your your mind every day. Exactly. And he was saying that what you should then do is try and plan every day in advance. So before you then get to tomorrow, spend you know ten or twelve minutes at the end of each day and actually think right, what is it I'm going to do tomorrow? What am I going to achieve tomorrow? And again, he throws in another stat here. He says, if you spend between 10 to 12 minutes at the end of a day planning for tomorrow, it can save you up to two hours in wasted time throughout the following day. Wow. I don't know how he's equated that, but he says that <laughs> that's what can happen. But yes, basically, if you, if you plan, you're really clear about what it is you might work on tomorrow. He said subconsciously, your mind will start thinking about it at night when you're asleep. And so you'll be in a better frame of mind to then go on tackle the hardest tasks and eat that frog. Yeah, I found this week I've started doing exactly this, you know, just anecdotally, I guess. I've started writing down a list just, I've said before, I'm a teacher, just up in the corner of my board, just things I've got to get done. Yeah. And, you know, I have the kids. So what's that say up there? Don't worry, that's just, you know, it's there. I know I've got to get it done. And it's just, <laughs> I found that putting stuff down is actually helping you, helping you to do stuff because it's always there. Um, yeah. Definitely. And he says that you then get by ticking off tasks from your list or give you a sense of achievement and it will then give you motivation to then carry on going. And just in general, you should then feel in more control of your life. And then you'll find that tasks get easier. And it's then just like a positive feedback loop where you do more tasks, you tick more things off, you feel more motivated. So you do more tasks and it just gets better and better by by tackling the hardest things first. But it is important that we're doing the right task, isn't it? It then, it, you know, it's it's one thing to write a bunch of list, a bunch of stuff down. He talks about the eighty twenty rule, doesn't he? He says before you start, always ask yourself: Is this task in the top twenty percent of my activities or the bottom eighty percent? Because you should be doing the main ones, the top, get the main jobs done, not the little ones. Exactly, definitely, and he's. He says he's taking this from Pareto's law that people might have heard of before. Pareto was an Italian economist, and this is going back to 1895. And he first observed that in society, 20% of society were the vital few. They were the people who had money and influence. And then the rest of society, the 80%, were the trivial many. And then this this economist Pareto then realized that you could apply this 80-20 rule to so many things in life. The way that Brian has then applied this to the book is that he's saying 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. Yeah, and the, the temptation is, we, we all do it, guarantee you do it as well. We always, the temptation is to clear up the small jobs. <laughs> isn't it? You've got a big list, yeah. you've got a couple of big, big timers at the top and you've got a whole bunch of little things, send this email, just quickly do that form or whatever, blah, 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 blah. He says, small things, small jobs like that are like rabbits, they just multiply. That you don't get any product doing them doesn't matter because another one's coming along and that your ability to choose between the important and the unimportant is the key determinant of your success in life and work. 
That's yeah. quite nice, isn't it? Yeah. Like really, yeah, yeah. really think about which one's your frog. You've got a list of stuff to do. Doing the little things doesn't actually move you forwards because more little things turn up and then the, the big thing stays there. Just do the big thing. The little things can worry about them later. Yeah, he says absolutely. And he acknowledges it, doesn't he? He's saying the most valuable tasks are the hardest. They are the most complex and they're the ones that you don't really want to do. But exactly as you say, by doing them, you're going to be happier in the long run. And you're going to have really achieve something by eating that horrible, disgusting, smelly, pussy frog. Yeah, and he he advocates something called the ABCDE method, doesn't he? So yes. you, you've made your list, right? And the temptation, obviously, is to do all these little things that we've said. Uh, but really, you should be doing the number, you know, the top 20%. But he's got a, this ABCDE method, a pretty cool way of like working out which one's which, isn't it? Yeah, and it's a way with you coming up with a fast method of deciding which one you should get started on first. So rather than just writing out a list, you then actually go down and you mark it with the following. So an A, that's an item that he defines as something that is very important and something that you absolutely must do. And this is a task that will have a serious positive or negative consequence if you do it or if you don't do it, obviously. Okay. Yep. And then, uh, so a B task is a task that you should do. Okay. As a rule, you should never do a B task though, if you've got an A task left undone. So your B task is, yeah, I should probably do this, but it's not quite as important as your big time A, is it? Yeah, that's right. And then he moves on to a C. So he defines that as something that would be nice to do, but for which there are no consequences at all if you do it or not. So if you don't do it, it doesn't matter. If you do do it, it doesn't matter. That's a C. Yeah. D is quite nice because D look, it stands for delegate, isn't it? Like this yeah. one, you don't even need to do. Have you got someone else that can do this? Just let's let them do it. Sack that off. Someone else can do that. Don't even do it. And then E, this is defined as something that you can eliminate altogether. E for eliminate, and it won't make any real difference if it's there. Yeah, so that's nice. So so we've got our list of things need doing. We know we've got to do our 20% to find, we've got to do our frog, but to find the frog, Go with the A, B, C, D, E, really trying to just stick some A's, B, C, D's, knees next to all your jobs. And then before you know it, you'll only be doing the frog, won't you? And uh, Exactly. That's where our productivity is coming from. And I, I really like that. I think that's, that's if you can get on board with that, you know, hopefully productivity improves. Definitely. And within that A, B, C, D, E, the one way you're then trying to think about the consequences of it, and it's coming back to that long-term thinking improves your short-term decision-making. So if you don't do that report or if you don't do whatever it is that you're, you're supposed to do, yeah, that happens right in front of you here and now. But what's that long-term impact? Is that stopping you from reaching those, those goals that you set, either getting promoted or doing something else within your career because you've decided to not do something today? Yeah, just trying to think continually about, he says, thinking continually about, about potential consequences of your choices, decisions, and behaviours is one of the best ways to determine your to determine your true priorities. So just when we're A, B, C, D, E in it, what, like you're saying, what is the consequence of that happening or not happening? Is it really as big a deal as you think it is? Or is it is it like a C job? You know, it's, it's a, it'd be nice to do because really it doesn't actually, it doesn't matter if I do this today or tomorrow. Yes. Um, you know, maybe eventually, maybe if, if you keep having it as a C job, you're going to hit a point where it becomes an A job. Do you know what I mean? Like, 
Yes. This isn't due for two weeks. It'd be nice to do it now, but I don't need to. It's not due for one week. It'd be nice to do it now, but it doesn't matter. Eventually, it's going to be, I've got to do this tomorrow today because it has to be done. Yeah, um, exactly. Jumps today, I guess. And I suppose you, you should then find that you shouldn't have loads of A's. If you start, if you yes. start working on this tomorrow, you'll probably find you've got a load of A's. But if you then start managing your A, B, C, D, E list, over time, you shouldn't have a lot of A's because things will start, when they get to a B, you probably do them because you've already done your A task. Does that make sense? He, yeah, he, he then he goes on to talk about, he calls it creative procrastination, which sort of follows this quite nicely. And, and the, thought, the thinking being you're going to procrastinate on something, like you're going to have a point in the day where you're not really being very efficient. Just human nature, right? Yeah, but he says that should be while you're doing these C jobs, while you're doing these ones that aren't so important, that don't really matter. You've already smashed out your frog. You've done your A for the morning when you're really, really, you know, motivated and efficient and you get towards the afternoon, you're working through your nice little C jobs. That's when you procrastinate on the things that don't really matter. That's when you start scrolling on social media or going out yeah. and golf or something or yeah. loading up a YouTube watching some youtube when you should be not doing that when really you know you got something to do but yeah that's the point isn't it and I, I like that if you're gonna procrastinate which you're gonna make sure it's on something that's not quite so important yeah and it's, um, it's brilliant where he says that you you are going to procrastinate so do it on purpose like you, yeah. you factored you factored it in so don't don't get dragged down into unconscious procrastination which is just mindless scrolling online so yeah, yeah. Factoring your procrastination, as exactly as Liam said, you've gone in, you've started the day, you've done your biggest, ugliest, most disgusting frog straight away, and you know that you can then have a little bit of downtime a bit later on. So another thing, another way to um, improve your your efficiency and, and things like that is to uh, focus on yourself a bit, isn't it? And there's a quite a few, there's a few chapters in the book, a few parts where he starts talking about personal growth. I guess, isn't it? And um, learning things, focusing on seminars, reading books, listening to podcasts. Podcasts, you know, educational podcasts. podcasts. Yeah, about stuff that might teach you things. Uh, (laughs) He says at one point, he says, he actually, one of his quotes is, you should never be in a car where you're not learning because every seminar or talk ever is now in an audio format. Like you should, you, you can make yourself better and therefore more efficient and you should always do so. Yeah, he's a big advocate uh, of continual learning, isn't he? And he he says what you need to do sort of in the first place is figure out what are your key areas that give you results. So what are the things or activities that you want to do in your your job or your career or even your personal life? What is it that you list those things as that are the skills you need to then get to where you want to get to? So list them out and then grade yourself on them. And he says that the one you'll be restricted for as high as you can go by your lowest graded score. Yeah, it will hold you back, essentially, won't it? If yeah. you know, um, And that might be, we were saying earlier, weren't we? That might be like your ability to use an Excel spreadsheet or something. Yeah. It might just be holding you back. Like you always have to ask somebody else to do this. Or um, personal speaking or whatever yeah. it might be. Yeah. So, so that's what you work on because then you're not held back and you can move forwards and be more efficient um, and just, yeah, try and, which is, I, I, I know that's hard to do, isn't it? I think that's quite hard to do. Definitely. You know, you listed off your, what skills do you need in your job? What are the six things you need? And then be really honest with yourself and say, 
I'm pretty rubbish at this or, or not even rubbish, just this is the one I'm worst at. But he's then saying yeah. that just imagine like if you were to develop that skill that you're weakest at, that would probably have the biggest positive impact on your career. Yeah, yeah. Then yeah. If, you, if you really, you know, if you really can't do Excel or yeah, that there's something that you really don't like doing at work and you shy away from it, get your skills up and then you'll be able to to do it and it will then flourish with the rest of your skills that you're already half decent at. I tell this to the kids at school about revision. Revision is practicing the things you can't do. You're not going to get any better. You know, you know what I mean? So if I teach maths, right, you're not going to, if you can already do adding fractions, sitting down doing 50 fractions doesn't make you any better. Yep. Just makes you feel good. But yep. if you're going to sit and practice percentages, because that's the thing you can't do, well, I wonder what's going to happen. You're suddenly better. Like you're overall better, aren't you? Yeah. Um, essentially yeah. that, isn't it? I guess just in, in adult form. Yes, yeah, completely. So you, you've figured out what your ugliest, biggest frog is. You know what your, your life and career goals are that you're working towards. You're taking these little steps. You've done your ABCDE list. So you, you're actually going to get into doing these tasks now. And he was saying that there's, there are certain techniques and ways that you can then follow to then make sure how you then tackle these, these frogs in the most efficient way. Yeah, so one of them being to prepare thoroughly before you begin, which is seems very, very simple, is basically just be ready. Have every, have, he uses like your desk, for example, make it nice, get rid of everything that might distract you. You know, if you turn up and all you've got, you've got the pen you need, you've got the stationery you need or whatever, but there isn't any silly little desk toys, like all that stuff that will stop you eating that frog and doing that job. Yeah. Just get it gone. Um lose anything that will get in the way essentially exactly exactly and he, um, he used he used an example about cooking a meal he was saying that you'd actually you'd go and get the ingredients first you'd make sure that you're all set and ready you wouldn't keep going back to the shop every 10 minutes to go and get one more ingredient right. yeah yeah this dish that you're making so you need to sit down you've decided this is the most important thing that i need to do make sure we've got all the equipment to do it and get on and do it Yep. And then also put pressure on yourself. Right. The problem is lots of people can't put pressure on themselves and they rely on other people to, to pressure them, don't they? But it points out that those that can work without supervision, they are leaders. Those that yeah. can work without people pressurizing them, they are the leaders. And just try and put pressure on yourself to get something done. You're, you're the role model. Raise your own bar. Try and pressurize yourself. But that's sort of a mindset you've got to have, I guess. And that, that's hard to tell people, I think. Definitely. But he was saying that there are things that you can practice. So yeah, you can just put imaginary deadlines on yourself. So even though it's yeah, okay. due until a week on Friday, say to yourself, I'm going to get half of it done by this Friday. And then I'm going to do some more of it by the following Tuesday and have it finished by the Thursday, even though it doesn't actually need to be done by the, yeah. by the, um, by the Friday. And he says that if you have repetitive tasks then you can even set imaginary deadlines on those and then try and make it into a game. So if you've got a monthly report that you need to do or you've got something that happens on a regular basis, next time, you know, time yourself how long it takes to do it and then try and do it a bit quicker. Obviously still keeping the quality, but yeah, make it into a bit of fun or, or try and gamify it for yourself. He's also saying that when you have these tasks, just taking it in his term, which is one oil barrel at a time, which uh, I, quite, yeah. I quite like this one. Uh, I, I know he calls it one oil barrel at a time. I thought back to our cargo shipping. Like <laughs> take it one 
crate at a time. You know, if you're unloading 24,000 containers, that's a massive job. You've got to try really hard to think of it as a little piece of a job. Um, and, and later on, later on, it, it thinks of it like a salami slice and to just take a tiny little piece off. You know, if the frog's massive, eat his legs off first. <laughs> so i probably just need to explain why he said take it one oil barrel at a time and he told a story about where he was crossing the sahara desert which is a 500 mile stretch there's no food or water like 1300 people have died along this route because what happens is the the road gets covered with sand as the wind blows and so people then end up dying because they're in the middle of nowhere so what what they figured out is they put 50 five gallon oil drums every five kilometers which is basically okay. the, the distance to the horizon so it's 500 miles to go in a possibly you know not knowing where to go a bit of a blind walk across just a seemingly desert forever but by having these oil barrels he then did it one five kilometer second five kilometer the third five kilometer at a time just going to these oil barrels that are in the desert and managed to cross the biggest desert on earth without dying, basically because he just took it one oil barrel at a time. Not container then? Not no. 40 foot container? No, 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 no. But he's saying if you just sit down and get on with the task, do little bits, you'll be surprised at how far you get along with it. Yeah, nice. Yeah, slice and dice the task. The salami method is another way he said about it. You know, just cut it into little pieces. Just eat an elephant. Like eat an elephant one bite at a time. Just trying to, trying to get that that sort of thought process in your head. But I think that, I think that, that that's hard, you know, putting pressure on yourself and trying to see past a massive job is quite hard to do. It's one thing knowing you should do it. I find it's quite another thing doing yeah. it. Do yeah. You, do you not find that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, he, he, he claims that if you start doing it, you'll just get used to it and you'll just get more disciplined at doing it. Like he, he acknowledges it's really hard to start in the first place. But yeah. If you start doing it, then then you'll hopefully get better at it. He's saying a way to try and motivate yourself into action is just by trying to have a positive mindset. And yeah. It, like your emotions decide how you feel. So if you can try and be optimistic in general mm-hmm. and have like an optimistic demeanor, then it's more likely that you're going to get the thing done that you need to get done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but again, that's hard though, isn't it? I think I think these sort of points here, they're a bit they're just a bit harder to do for some people I think I think you know you can list out your topic you can list out your to-do list you can a b c d it you can you can know you've got to do this job you can set everything up nicely to do this job you know you can have done some work on yourself about your weak links and things but I think some of these things I felt as I was reading it they're a bit up in your head a little bit and I think some people are going to find that difficult well, it's funny you saying that this whole one about how you motivate yourself into action and it being up in your head it reminded me about the book that we did in season one, which was 13 Things Mentally Strong People Don't Do by okay. Amy Morin. Yeah. And it, by having a positive outlook, she tells a story in that book about two people reversing into each other in a car park, one of them getting out of the car and shouting, going, I can't believe it. This is the worst day of my life. You've broken my car. This is so bad. And they're, they're in a really bad state of mind. The other person gets out, they're a little bit shaken up, but they say, aren't we lucky that we're both okay? But our cars are a little bit smashed, but we're all right. And like, that's yeah. like a bit of more of an optimistic way of doing it. But as you say, that is a lot 
harder to train yourself in than rather than just start writing lists <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's very, very true. Um, yeah, just some of those mental issues, I think, are just, yeah, something you have to work on. And he talks about um, a couple of, uh, an obvious one. I think our sleep guy said similar things to this. Dr. Neil, about basically taking some time to turn off your technology yes. as well being a good thing and it, it seems really obvious doesn't it you know if you've got this big job to do just just book in out like I'm, I'm, I'm going to turn off my emails and my phone between 10 and 11 o'clock or whatever just so I can do this job for an hour because I'm, I, I've got to stop I've got to stop looking you know just give you an ability to concentrate on the few things that make the most difference just trying to uh, block book some time out well yeah, yeah it's quite cre- good. creating large chunks of time isn't it so just saying yeah, yeah. absolutely like block out block out those chunks of time to if you know you've got to make a bunch of calls set yourself between 10 and 11 in the morning you'll do the calls and then you'll look at your emails after then to not get distracted by the pinging and everything that's that's going off yeah I I said to you like I find loads of people find this I'm doing a job and then an email comes in and then I stop my flow of working through that job to send the email back and then I get back to my job and then another email comes in yeah and he says about if you're doing if, if you're doing these little emails all the time why don't you just if you can block book right this hour is when i reply to emails yeah or oh, this hour is when i make my phone calls because i i find i'm making a phone call every flipping hour and i can't just settle down on this task yes um if you can do that that will you know it will help you get that frog eaten much more quickly definitely because, because you know they're not going to keep distracting you same with your phone just turn it off so they, they say that you get into a state of flow when you're then working and you're you're not being interrupted. You're in the state of flow where you'll suddenly find it easier to carry on working. If you get interrupted and you have to change task, there's loads of studies out there which say it then takes you seven minutes to then get back to the original task that you were doing. Oh, wow. So you then, yeah. you then need to then yeah waste effectively another seven minutes for your brain to get back re-engaged and really getting into the... A horrible pussy disgusting frog <laughs> yeah and that, that brings i think we're nearly there aren't we like these are sort of that's the book isn't it nearly the, the only other thing really is he says about uh that we should mention he says about single handling a task when you're doing a job you don't stop until that job till that is done so if you've got this frog you've, you've lifted off your list you've abc'd and whatever you've got the thing that has to get done you've turned off your phone and you've booked yourself a little hour to get this done all your emails are going to happen later he says, just keep doing the job until it's done. Yes. Don't stop doing that frog. Don't worry. The Bs don't, you know, the Bs are important, but they're not as important as the A. Get that A, get that frog done. Just keep going until it's done. Single-handedly, he says, don't keep coming back to it. Definitely. And like, if, if you were to then relate this to a big chunk of work that you've got to do, a big report of work or your dissertation when you're at uni, it's breaking it up into chunks, as we've already said, like tackle it one oil barrel at a time or break it up into salami slices. So mm-hmm. focus that time, exactly as Liam says, single-handedly do the task of the introduction or the hypothesis, whatever it is that you're doing and you're breaking up that, that yeah. much larger, larger task, single, single-handedly just focus on what you need to focus on to get that yeah and those little slices of the job become your a for the day so you're like we were saying about having a monthly or a a much longer goal your goal is to get your dissertation done and well on on monday my a my frog is do the introduction 
Yeah. Um, and then you just you just don't stop to the introduction is done. That's your salami slice view of like the bigger, the much bigger picture. But then, you, yeah, you just don't, you know, you can't you can't do the dissertation all in one go. Of course. The, li- the little piece of it that you're going to do today, you can do. If you're writing a book, I don't know, imagine you're writing a book, you might do a chapter, like job one, chapter one. Yep. Just, yeah. I'm not stopping today until that's done. Yeah, but that that's yeah. sort of in a, in, in a nutshell the the type of things that that he talks about. I don't know if we maybe should we just summarize it. Yeah. Okay. So so job one, the frog, right? Your frog is your biggest, most important task. It's the one you are most likely to procrastinate on if you don't do something about it, and it's the thing that you should absolutely do. Yeah, definitely. Some the second thing is the first rule of frog eating is if you have to eat two frogs eat the ugliest one first yeah um and sort of along the lines of choosing your frog you, you know you've got to try and remember the most important decision you make each day is what you will do immediately and what you will do later and what you might not do at all this is like the a b c d thing okay uh, a b c d e you know you've got all these jobs but it's really important to pick the right thing to be doing and not waste time on the things that don't need doing yep the second rule of eating frogs is if you have to eat a live frog at all, it doesn't pay you to sit and look at it for very long. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, get yeah. on and do it. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember when you first told me about this book and I remember telling you after, afterwards, I went into work one morning, I got out of my car, I was like, eat that frog, eat that frog, got to eat that frog. Because I had a job I didn't want to, I remember I had something that I didn't want to do. Yeah. So I'm just going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And, you know, just sets the day up nicely because otherwise. You're you thinking know, about you're, it all day. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote one more quote down. One of the very worst uses of time is to do something very well that need not be done at all. Yes. That's good, isn't it? That's really good, really, really good. <laughs> when you're thinking about time wasting, don't do something really good that doesn't matter. Like, I'm really good at Sudoku's. <laughs> <You know what? laughs> I love that. So in, in, in terms of this book, it's a really quick, easy book to read it's broken down into 21 different chapters it's just over 100 pages long each chapter is only a couple of pages and it it gives you some really strong points to maybe think about and see how you can improve the way that you're setting up your day and how you're setting up your your life for success I suppose that's the way I we joked earlier I actually bought a different book I bought one called the workbook the Eat That Frog workbook. So what it has, it has like a, a brief summary of each chapter. And then it's got like homework pages, like for things to, for you to do. List list your frogs or, you know, like, <laughs> like I, didn't actually, I didn't do it, but, you, you know, you can do it. It's just a, you know, working book, like for revision almost. You know, that when we were saying about list your six things that you're good at, your key parts to your job, you know, it then says list them here. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. You can really, really do that. Um, I think I'd probably say it's worth a read. It's worth somebody you can you can read this super quickly can't you and get through it pretty quick obviously with it not being too big I mean there if there is maybe just a couple of things that we've said in there that maybe resonate with you and you think oh maybe I do procrastinate on something definitely have a flick through of this book and see how you how you get on with it I don't know Liam did you ever think that you would say the word frog as much in an episode when we're not talking about frogs (laughs) <laughs> no but maybe one day we will do frogs that you know listen the choice will be coming up soon we must be halfway through series three by now maybe more no it's not really too long before we start asking people what they want us to do one day someone's going to get hubcaps on this episode 
And we will do an episode all about hubcaps. <laughs> and we will interview the guy that invented hubcaps or something like that. But no, I did not think I'd talk about Frog so much. I genuinely, though, I'm with you on this. I think this book is short enough that you absolutely should just grab it. I've got mine on a Kindle, for example. It didn't take very many evenings, you know, a couple of 20 minutes here and there, and I'd finish the book, I think. But yeah, really, really good. I just, I, I just like to say and eat that frog. It's really easy to remember, like just do it basically just yeah. you know whatever it is you don't want to do get it done and get it done first when you're most efficient but yeah good book get it give it a read um be good if people could let us know what they think if they've done so yeah we'd love it hopefully this has been uh, an interesting episode for people listening out there we'd love to hear your thoughts and especially if you like us doing these type of episodes rather than picking a topic we're looking at a bit more of a, a self-help book get in contact with us at two guys one topic on twitter instagram or facebook and we'll be back with you next tuesday for a new episode yeah get out there and eat that frog 